Hello, welcome to the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster. Here as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you? What up, what up? How are we doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Excited to talk about the NFC East this time. As we uh, talked about the AFC East last episode. Kind of a cool division. Lots of lots of fantasy uh, important names in the NFC East. Some would say that's a cool division. It's a very cool division. I like this division. Couldn't tell me. Could, or couldn't tell you why. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, let's just get right into it and start with, because we started with my beloved New York Jets last time. Listen, uh, we'll I, st- I, I'm not biased. My, my, my bias takes go out the window when we're talking, oh, talking about okay. fantasy. Okay. You can start with the Eagles if you'd like. I mean, it's whatever. I'm already on the Cowboys. And this is actually going to be in alphabetical order. <laughs> so we'll start with the Cowboys. Because the Cowboys are obviously by city first in the alphabet. And I guess if you're looking at... No, actually, Commanders would be first if you're going by team name. But by city, it's Dallas. Yes. So let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys, shall we? Sure. And your favorite, most underrated quarterback in the NFL, Dakota Rand Prescott. Would I say the most underrated quarterback in the NFL? I would say the most underappreciated fantasy quarterback that there is. Because if he's healthy, he is a lock for 30 touchdowns. He's a lock for 4,500 yards. Because of how much the Cowboys pass the ball, and they're going to pass the ball a ton. They've gotten Dak more weapons. They've obviously lost Dalton Schultz, which is a, which is a, a big problem. But got to hope that one of uh, Jake Ferguson, Peyton Hendershot, um, Luke Schoemaker, you know, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll, we'll step up to the plate, but Dak, there, there are no concerns with him other than, other than health, but at the very least, if he's playing, he's going to be a top 10 quarterback most weeks and you're going to play him against pretty much everybody. Yeah, that sounds about right. Honestly, the, the rushing, uh, num- the rushing numbers are a concern. You know, if we've talked about this in the past, that. Uh, since the ankle injury and since he signed the new deal, the rushing touchdowns and the rushing yards have gone down significantly. Maybe that turns up a notch this year. We can only hope. But at the very least, I don't know. I, I still think Dak is going gonna, is gonna to be fine. Like, but I don't know if you want him to be a strict pocket passer. It's not Dak's game. You want him moving around. You want him making plays with his legs. But in any event, he's still going to be a fine starting option. And if, if anything, he'll be a very, very safe one. I mean, he was okay last year. He didn't like light the world on fire. Well, but... after he after after he came after he came back from the from the uh, from the injury, the Cowboys were the number two and then number one scoring offense in the entirely second half of the year. Yeah, well, that's part of that is because of the next guy that we're going to talk about. Although he was catching a lot of the, his touchdowns, he caught from Dak Prescott. So, yeah. Tony Pollard. This is an interesting situation. Have you heard anything about uh, Zeke Elliott? Still all quiet on the west on the western front with that one. Have you still, heard anything about him, like, at all? Still very, very quiet. 
because right. the, the veteran the veteran running back market is just it's it's very dry. You know, you have Kareem Hunt that's still not signed. Letter for Nets not signed. Dalvin Cook is not signed. There are teams that are just going to view Zeke as probably the fourth option out of those guys, except for yeah. one, and, that, and that's that's the Cowboys. That they they decide they're going to bring they're going to bring Zeke back, and obviously it obviously hampers Tony Pollard a little bit, but not to the point where I'm going to knock him. You know, to be like an RB fifteen or something like that. It'll still be a top twelve, a top twelve guy in, in, in full point PPR, and I actually think that, that that's the way he's best used. As a complimentary piece, and not necessarily the the go to guy. He can't be the go to guy. He can't be a guy that's let's logging you know thirty thirty five touches a game. It's just not Tony Pollard. But coming off of the uh, injury that he suffered in the uh, divisional round versus the Forty ers obviously you know we want to see if Tony Pollard has worked his way back. All signs are pointing towards that he has, and that he'll be he'll be ready to go for for training camp and then maybe he gets some he gets some work at the preseason but as of right now it looks like it, as of right now he is the lone guy in the backfield for the Cowboys maybe someone maybe someone pops up in this backfield that could potentially uh help in that regard I really don't see it if I'm being, being honest it's not going to be a Malik Davis or a Deuce Vaughn or a Ronald Jones so as of right now Tony Pollard my RB9 Got to draft, got to draft him as such. But if if Ezekiel Elliott comes back, there could be some questions as to whether or not Tony Pollard is going to be the guy. And what's going to be, honestly, it's going to be a, a brand new offense because Kellen Moore no longer there. It is Brian Schottenheimer that is the offensive coordinator. Mike McCarthy, who's the play caller. Oh, that's going to be fun for you. Brian Schottenheimer is a an interesting offensive coordinator. Well, he's not calling plays, so that's good. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's good. But oof. as long as he's not calling plays, just brought back some PTSD. It could be anybody else. It could be anybody else other than Brian Schottenheimer. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, the receivers are going to be very interesting for Dallas also. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, with obviously we know that CD Lamb is going to be the guy. He's going to be number yeah. one. Yeah, it's going to be. He's going to be CD. Um, and then Michael Gallup, he missed most of last season with that injury. Um, and then he, and, even when he, even when he played, even when he played, he didn't even look, he did not look that great. Yeah. So they're going to have to, it's going to be something to see if like how he comes back this year. And then, you know, they traded for Brandon cooks also. And Brandon Cooks for me is he's the number two receiver in in Dallas. Brandon Cooks is my wide receiver forty. CD Lamb my wide receiver seven, and then Michael Gallup my wide receiver seventy. Um, CD, you know what you're getting. He's going to be absolutely terrific as he normally is. And I mean, it's crazy that he had 107 catches and over 1,300 yards last year, and nobody talks about it. Yeah, it's, it's, because... it's, it's, just, it's just the Cowboys' disrespect. Like it, it is absolutely crazy that if if a, if a wide receiver of the Kansas City Chiefs posts 107 catches and 1359 yards, they're the greatest thing ever in Patrick Mahomes going into the Hall of Fame. But because it's Ceedee Lamb of the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush, he gets no respect. I mean, it's, it's the truth. 
You're not wrong. It's 100% the truth. CD, CD is a baller that can play. Take him, take him, take him. You get him in round two, you run to the draft board and you make that pick. Now, as for Brandon Cooks, he's an interesting one because Dallas, there was some talk that he was going to be a Cowboy at the, at the deadline. There was a roster bonus that needed to happen, which kind of held up that deal. He was pissed off at the Texans that the deal th- didn't happen, ended up happening all along. I think Brandon Cooks is going to be a very solid number two receiver for the Cowboys. He'll probably translate to being wide receiver three in fantasy. He won't be as week-to-week safe as maybe he was previously with, with the Texans, where, you know, 2020, 2021, he basically was be- was a wide receiver two for for Houston. But I think at Dallas, if you're if you're expecting him to be a wide receiver three in 12, 14 team leagues, I think he's fine. And potentially as a wide receiver four in 10 team leagues, I think he's all right. Yeah, I would thank God you clarified. Uh safe week to like week to week safe in 2021 and 2020 or 2020 and 2021. Because in 2022, he was not safe. No, no, far from it. Far he from was, it. That was also that was also because the Texans were just they were just an abomination. Honestly, the Texans were bad in 21 and 20 also. But they were just like, I guess, a new level of bad. Well, yeah, and that that also came down to I think you know Davis Mills progressed in a in a in a, in a big, 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 big way. Yeah, um, Brandon Cooks. I don't know. I'd be he's okay boring. with t- he, he he's boring. He's not someone that I'm going to be going out and and targeting heavily. Like the receivers that are in his range are you know Jordan Addison, George Pickens, Jackson Smith, the Jigba, Traylon Burks, Kadarius Tony. I'd rather take a chance on any of those guys over Brandon Cooks. I agree. Brandon Cooks is like a is another one of those like low ceiling guys. Yeah, yep. Becomes super high ceiling if, if something happens to CD, God forbid. Yeah, God forbid. But Brandon Cooks, honestly, his floor isn't really that high either. Mm, he's probably like a four or five catch guy most weeks, which you know, if, if he's pulling off five for 70 most weeks, I think that's okay as like a, as a wide receiver four. And then in deeper leagues, like I said, as a wide receiver three in three receiver setups, I think that's fine. Yeah. I mean, maybe but obviously you want, we, you want more than that. You, you definitely want more than that. And, and like Adam said, and his point is correct. The ceiling is just is so, is so limited. Maybe it's just the Texans effect, but Brandon Cooks no, looked, no, it, it, no, he it's looked not. cooked last year. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. I I think he was just very unmotivated, and, and and after after the deadline deal to Dallas fell through, I think he was just checked out, and that was uh, and that was kind of that. But playing for a contending team in the Cowboys with with Dak, that should motivate him. I think. Here's your second straight hockey reference. It was the equivalent of what Pierre Luc Dubois did in Columbus that one time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just kind of. Johnny was there, just vibing, just just vibing, just not doing anything. He's like, I'm just here, so I don't get fined <laughs> until he couldn't, until he, he until he physically could not be there anymore, and they needed to move him. Saving with the Texans, and and now Brandon Cooks gets his wish to play on a contending team with the uh, with the Cowboys. Yeah, that would have been a fun deadline pickup for Dallas. 
That yeah, I don't think it would have helped. I don't think it really would have helped them much, considering it was just a one man show for the divisional game with uh, with CD. But yeah, but anyway, tight ends. Um, great name that they drafted, like literal name. His name is fantastic. Princeton fan. Huh? Princeton. Yeah, Princeton fan out of Tennessee. I don't think they oh, drafted yes. him. Yes. I just, I just didn't hear. I just did not hear what you said. Uh, oh, he's going to be. He, he will be the fourth tight end at most. There's three. There are three tight ends that'll get. They'll get looks to be the number one. Jake Ferguson, Luke Schoenmaker, and Pen, Peyton Hendershot. Those are the three. Those are the three. If I put my money on one, I would say it's Jake Ferguson. I would say that also. I was just saying because he has a cool name, Princeton if, fan. Would I take? Would I draft Jake Ferguson? Yeah, yeah, I think I would. Considering how much how much Dak loves the tight end position, yeah, I think he's absolutely worth a step. Why not? Say the line. Say the line, Bart. Say the line. Every <laughs> season that Dak Prescott has finished in full, there has been at least one tight end of the Dallas Cowboys that has had over ninety targets. There it is. Every single year. It's pretty, it's consistent. You can set your watch to it. And for all those wondering, even though last year doesn't count towards uh, th- towards the number, uh, Dalton Schultz was off by one. Wow. And Dak didn't even play a full season. Right. It, it doesn't even count, but he was off by one. That's still impressive. Yep. So Jake Ferguson might be one of those guys that you could get some good value out of definitely definitely but it's just a matter of you know do they do they go with one tight end or do they go with multiple and and hope that one just kind of uh shatters the glass ceiling i don't know we'll, we'll definitely have to wait have to wait and see but the the most consistent things in this offense there's three of them dak tony pollard cd lamb yeah i agree anything else for the cowboys before we move nope. on to the giants no we could swiftly move on all right, the New York Football Giants, uh, the newly minted Daniel Jones. Does he do it again? It's such a tricky one because they they had to go out and they had to improve their receiver room, receiver room, and they they, they did. They brought in Jalen Hyatt. They re-signed Isaiah Hodgins. They brought in Paris Campbell. But are those guys really going to make a difference immediately for the Giants in the wide receiver position? Not really. They they need a game changer at the position. I think Wandale Robinson being back uh, from the ACL injury that he suffered last year will definitely help them. Could he become the wide receiver one there? Maybe. It's a wide open competition, that's for sure, as to who's going to be the guy that gets the most targets in the the wide receiver department for the Giants. Um, But... Daniel Jones, the rushing ability is what, is what gives him the fantasy appeal for sure. And I definitely, definitely expect that year two in the Brian Dable offense, that the passing attempts are going to continue to go up. He had 472 dropbacks last year, most of his career. I would expect those, that number to go up again, because I also just don't think the Giants are going to be like they were last year, like people... The expectations are now upped with with the Giants significantly. 
They're going to have to throw more if they're going to want to stay in games. And Daniel Jones only had 15 passing touchdowns last year. That's simply not good enough for a guy that's now getting paid $40 million a year. He's got to be in that in that mid-20 range with the rushing upside that he had a year ago with the seven rushing touchdowns for him to return some sort of value uh, for the Giants and, and for fantasy, really. Um, he's top 12 quarterback for me. I like him. I like him, but I'm not going out of my way to get him. I think it's, it's very similar to what we talked about the last episode with Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. I think it's very similar to uh, Daniel Jones with the Giants. If you're the, if you're in the Northeast and the New York market, you're probably better off letting the Giants fans just kind of go at each other for uh, Daniel Jones. Well, it's it's him and it's Saquon Barkley also. But I do well, before we move on into that, I do have a question about Daniel Jones yeah. and like the Giants. I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you think that? This would be, I mean, I think that this would be a good landing spot for DeAndre Hopkins, frankly. On paper, yes. On paper, yes, it could be. But there's been no inkling, at least from people that I've talked to, the Giants have even stiffed that. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, from a need perspective. Oh, for sure. For sure. But I, I from what I've heard, is that the Giants have not even gone near that. All right. So Even though I say? do agree that the need makes a ton of sense. Yeah. So what are you going to say? Oh, I was going to go right into right into Saquon. Okay. Yeah. So Saquon Barkley, um, he still, well, he has his fifth year option, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But he needs a new con. He's playing for his uh, his contract. No, this is a fifth year option. Sorry, it's it's uh, franchise tag. Oh, it's franchise tag. Franchise tag. Yes. Yes. So, well, whatever it is, statement still stands. Uh, he's he's, a, he's in need cash. of a new contract. Yes, and the him and the Giants are currently at a a humongous impasse. And bottom line is, Saquon Barkley is not there. The Giants are not as good. Plain and simple, they are not as good if there is no Saquon Barkley. He needs to be there. He needs to be contributing. He needs to be healthy. Saquon is my number is my RB four right now, but as we get closer and closer, and there potentially is no contract uh, situation that's going to be resolved, he might fall a little bit. Uh, what I would say is, if you are going to be drafting, let the later you draft with Saquon, and he's not signed to a contract, the better. But I would tend to lean that the Giants are going to get something done with with Saquon Barkley sooner rather than later, because they know how important he is. He he, he is the focal yeah. point of that entire team. Well, he's and on the franchise tag, so he has one year. He signed for a year, though, for this year. He didn't sign it. Oh, he didn't sign it? No, no. he didn't sign it. So, yeah. No, he, so he is holding out. He is without contract. So, he is yes. Holding out, he is holding out, and he is digging his heels in, saying that he is not going to play onto the franchise tag. It is very similar to the Ezekiel Elliott contract situation when – Zeke was down in Cabo waiting for the Cowboys and his representatives to get a contract hashed out. Only, yeah, instead well, of being, only instead of being in Cabo, Saquon is just hanging at his house in North Jersey. Yeah. Well, it's also similar to Le'Veon Bell as well, who didn't want to play in the franchise tag. Yep. Very similar. So, But I, I think the main difference is I do think the Giants and Barkley get something done. I, I agree. A very sure. early guess, but I think they get something done because the Giants know – how important Saquon is to them. And that's why you draft Labor Day weekend. 
as uh, late yep. as you can. Yep, as close as you possibly can. But anybody else? I mean, really, like, who's the handcuff? It's Matt Breida, I would assume. Uh, yes, it is Matt Breida. And if Saquon continues to not show and you're drafting and if you're doing, like, best ball leagues right now, Breida's interesting. Actually, that's a good question that I just thought of. Let's say, worst case scenario, Saquon Barkley, it's like week three of of the preseason. Giants and Saquon Barkley still at an impasse. They're not even close at, at a contract. And you're assuming that Saquon's going to miss like maybe the first week or two of the season. Mm-hmm. Where would you take Matt Breida? Or where do you think Matt Breida would go in drafts if that's the case? I would say in around like I would say in around 36th RB 36 which equates to about 100th overall. Okay. I thought you were going to say like 36 is in like 36 overall. No, 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 no. No, I think he'd, he'd be a borderline top 100 pick. Okay. Cuz I think I think he's still Matt Breda. And I so I, be I like don't 10th I don't 11th think, round. Yeah, he would probably go in like round 10, round 11. Yeah. Because I, I, again, he's just Matt Breida. So it's like, you know, is anybody really going out of their way to draft Matt Breida? Because it's, well, not, plus it's, it's, a... it's not, the Giants running back position is not enviable. It's more the guy they have playing that position is just a generational talent in Saquon Barkley. And they need him there. And if you don't have Saquon Barkley there, Matt Breida is not going to do the job that Saquon normally would. Now, is Matt Breida interesting as a filler for a couple of weeks until Barkley were to get back? Or for anybody that's going zero RB, is Matt Breida someone that you could target there? No Saquon Barkley? Absolutely. No doubt. No doubt he's someone that you could definitely go ahead and target. But he's not someone that I would actively pursue. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Um, the receivers with the Giants. You already kind of talked about the receivers a little bit. Yeah, I did. So. I did a little bit. The one that's most intriguing to me is definitely Wandale. Wandale Robinson. He's he's the most interesting. And even then, he's still my wide receiver 63. But definitely, definitely intriguing. I, I could I could see myself potentially going and trying to get a little look there. Because even, even when Wandale got the opportunity to play. He looked all right. He had a 100-yard game versus the Detroit Lions. Again, it is the Detroit Lions. But even then, he's he, he's definitely interesting, for sure. Because, there's some, again, someone in this receiver room has to pan out. There's got to be one guy that takes the lead here. And out of all the guys that we, that we talked about before, uh, Hodgins, Slayton, uh, Paris Campbell, Sterling Shepard, Jalen Hyatt. Probably the one that jumps off the page immediately that could make that jump and be the guy for the Giants and be their wide receiver one is probably Wandale. Yeah, I mean, Sterling Shepard, you just don't know coming off that ACL injury. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. He's, it's just, just... he's just a guy. 
He's just a guy at this point. I think they definitely look more towards the likes of Hodgins, Hyatt, and Robinson to be the guys because they're all they're all younger, you know, guys. Oh, and and Paris Campbell, Paris Campbell, him too. I knew, I knew I was forgetting one. Yeah, he'll he'll, he'll definitely play it. He'll be annoying. He's uh, he's definitely interesting. Um, are you looking at any of the tight ends on this team? Darren Waller. That's true. Yeah, Darren Waller, absolutely. My tight, my tight end eight, health, 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 health. He'll be thirty-one in September. He, when he's been healthy, he's been really good. But it's just been when he's been healthy, and the Giants, you know, they're lacking in the receiver department again, and it's also a shorter group as well. So when you're talking about a guy that maybe can go up and be that fifty-fifty sort of uh, playmaker for the Giants. I think Darren Waller is going to be, going to be that guy. So if he's healthy, he could definitely see a a nice uh, a nice amount of red zone looks, which could be really really good for uh, anybody who's looking to go and invest in uh, in uh, in Mr. Waller. Yeah, you are you're not wrong. Their tallest receiver is Colin Johnson at six six, and he um, may not even step on the field. Yeah, most of their receivers are around. Basically, the ceiling for guys that are looking to start is 6'3". And who's 6'3"? Hodgins? Hodgins is 6'3". Yep. Mackay uh, Polk is 6'3". David Sills. David Sills. Oh, Sills Road. Great guy. Yeah. And... What's Wandale? Yeah. What's one, What's what's Wandale? Uh, he, is, he is 5'8". He Ooh. is as tall as us. Oh, I'm taller than Wandale. Ooh, that's that, that's bad. He's slightly taller than me. He's like two inches taller than me. Oh, so, boy. oh boy, I still like him though. I still like him. I think he's the shortest out of the uh, Giants receivers at the moment. Oh, short people got to stick together. That's right. They also have Jameson Crowder, who is five nine. That's right. I forgot they signed Jameson Crowder. Jets legend. Yeah, shows, shows, legend. shows you shows you how much I think Jameson Crowder is going to uh, going to contribute. Yeah, they also have Jets legend depth receiver at most. They also have Jets legend Jeff Smith at receiver as well. Oh yes, of course. Zach Wilson's favorite target. How could I forget? How could you forget? All star receiver, Pro Bowl receiver Jeff Smith. How dare I? Never. Okay. <laughs> um, let's go and talk about the defending NFC champions, the Philadelphia Eagles. They are a fun team to talk about. They are a fun team. They're very, very, very fun. Oh, your favorite quarterback is playing backup for them. Your favorite quarterback. My favorite quarterback is playing backup for the Philadelphia Eagles. Notice the sarcasm. My favorite quarterback. It's not Andy Dalton because he's in Carolina. No, it's not. Oh, people are yelling at me right now. I'm sure. My favorite quarterback. Oh, oh, Marcus Mariota. used to be a... Yeah. Marcus Mariota, yep. The hint I was going to give you was he used to be a duck and now he's an eagle. Yep. Yep. Mr. Mariota. 
Mr. Mariota. Well, he, he, won't won't see the, he won't see the field much. Jalen Hurts is really, really, really good. And he's going to be a top 40 pick. So, yeah. Yep. No notes. Nope. There's nothing more to say. You, Everyone knows what Jalen Hurts is right about now. He's really, really good. And if you don't believe that, then just ask the Eagles who made him the uh, highest paid player in the history of the league uh, this past offseason after Lamar Jackson was that for approximately 12 hours. <laughs> That's how it is. That's how the arm, the arms race goes. Yep. Literally arms race. I didn't even intend to make that pun, but here we are. That Very was a funny. great pun. That was a great pun. I like that. I, yeah, it's fun. All right. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles running back situation Mm-hmm. Is weird. Yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. Uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, the leader in, in, in that department. Rashad Penny, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott will get his annual uh, touchdown against the Giants at some point. Kennedy Brooks, who they drafted. Yeah, it's it's really the DeAndre Swift show and what exactly you're going to get out, out of DeAndre Swift and really – the DeAndre Swift situation is, is is interesting because you would think that where the Eagles are going to want to use him and where he's most explosive is in the passing game. But if you look at the Eagles and how they utilize their running backs, the running backs don't really go out and catch passes for the Eagles. Last year, they finished dead last in terms of RB target share and total targets from the running back position. So are they going to change the, this offense that has worked so well for them and worked so well for them last year brought them to the fucking Super Bowl. Are they going to change that to accommodate DeAndre Swift? And the answer is, I don't really think so. So then what does, what are you left with? You're probably left with a guy who's going to get a maximum of 190 to 200 touches. If that, and you're praying and keeping your fingers crossed that he's going to stay healthy, which he has proven that he can't do that. So he's an out. He's an outside uh, top twenty-four guy for me. He's a high-end RB three. Uh, maybe he sneaks into the top twenty-four conversation. Uh, definitely in full, less so in half and in non. But for me, I'm kind of out on on DeAndre Swift. I know I talked. I was talking, not super high, but I was interested. But the more I think about it, the more I just kind of say to myself, you know what. There are more interesting options in Philadelphia that are a lot safer than potentially going out there and getting an Eagles running back that, quite frankly, may not even be the running back because they have Jalen Hurts there. So, Well, yeah, I mean, I think there isn't really a – it's DeAndre Swift, but I don't think there's really too much separation between those guys, all, all these guys. It's just a bunch of names, Kenny Gamewell, Kennedy Brooks – Rashad Penny, Boston Scott, Trey Sermon, who's also there. You're one of your other favorite players. Yeah. Um, Trey Sermon exists. He he does. But like, and listen, I understand that Miles Sanders had a good fantasy year last year, but only but having Miles Sanders on your team, not a fun time. Week to week. Oh, I would disagree. I I I like Miles Sanders in my in my flex spot every week. I enjoyed that. Well, yeah. I mean, he was in one of my running back spots, so that's probably why. I like. I'd be very I like annoyed. 
Yeah, but I don't yeah. I mean, maybe I didn't notice his game log, but I mean let's look at his as weeklies. Oh, the end of the year he was bad. End of the year he was really he was really bad. Wow, actually, you know what, Adam? It was kind of boomer busty. I'm not even gonna lie. See? His weeklies in fall. 13 18, 51 3, 38 15, 21 12, 40 37, 223 3, 65 36, 47 59. That's kind of all over the place. Those are finishes. You're not by the way. wrong. The, those are finishes, not points. Those are weekly finishes. Yes. Okay. Just making sure. You're because not I'm sure, wrong. Yeah. You are not wrong at all. That is kind of all over the place. It just seemed like every touchdown, every rushing touchdown was either going to Kenny Gainwell or Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And not Miles Sanders. <laughs> right. And that's the biggest concern now with DeAndre Swift. That he's not going to get the red zone carries that maybe uh, maybe that you would want him to get, which is why I'm kind of down on him um, as opposed to some of the other receivers that are uh, receivers. I did it again. Some of the other running backs that are in his uh, in, in his range. Yeah, that I don't know. I it depends on where you where he would be in a hypothetical situation, but I'm not crazy about taking DeAndre Swift at this point. So DeAndre Swift, I have at if I could find him on my list. He's by 57th player off the board. That's not bad. I mean, that's okay, I guess. I don't know. I'm not crazy about it. It's not something that I really want to pursue, though. I mean, 57 is kind of high. I know, like, gut reaction saying, Deon- hearing DeAndre Swift is 57th overall. I was like, oh, that's okay. But, you know, who are the guys around him? Uh, Damian Pierce, James Conner, Rashad White, Isaiah Pacheco, David Montgomery, Javante Williams, Khalil Herbert, Antonio Gibson. Gibson, I'm starting to come around on in a in a big way, which save we'll it. Get to him in a minute. You know, I'll get to him in a minute. Save it. <laughs> but yeah, I think I would have a lot of those guys, most of those guys over Swift at that spot. Yeah. Yeah, I I wouldn't blame you. You know, I I don't know. I just I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy about it. Just not. I'll tell you one player or two players I am crazy about are AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. Yeah, yep. I love them both. Love them both. Uh, Devonta Smith, wide receiver fourteen. AJ Brown, wide receiver ten. Draft them and be very, very, very happy that you have both of them. Well, not both of them with the same team because you'll be very frustrated to have both of them. Can you the imagine? Same team, but. Uh, if you're if you're invested in both in both of them in separate places, yeah, you'll be very happy to have both of them. You need to uh, perform some sorcery to get both of them on the same team. Uh yeah, yeah. Um, any other receivers for the Eagles? We could talk about Dallas Goddard, or we could move on to Goddard, talk about Dallas Goddard. Goddard is Goddard is kind of boring, but he's safe. He's fine. But just, just boring week to week. Like there's no, there's no real stealing with him. 
which yeah. is going to be kind of Alice frustrating Goddard. because he's the clear third option in the passing game there. Yeah, I agree. He is the third option in the passing game. And, you know, you have a situation where you know that. And I think one of my bold predictions or one of our bold predictions was about Dallas Goddard just not doing well the, this year. I think it might have been mine. Um, I have to go back and, and look. But I just, I'm not confident in Dallas Goddard because I feel like a lot of the other top tight ends are the number one or you know one B options on their team, and Dallas Goddard is like okay, you can have what's left. Yeah, I mean we've we've talked about the, the at times the lack of touchdowns that came from George Kittle before twenty twenty two. Dallas Goddard's career touchdown high is five in a season. He's been four, five, four, three, and three. It's not, it's not great. great. That's not great, but if you look at what he's done in the receptions department, at least you know three of the last four years, he's been a fifty-five and over catch guy. Would have been fifty-five and over in twenty twenty. He only played in, in on eleven games, so he would have been he would have definitely eclipsed that. So if you're looking for a, ste- a steady option, Goddard's going to be very steady, but in the touchdown department, it could be very annoying. Where. You know, if you maybe if you look at George Kittle, if you look at Pat Fry, if you look at Darren Waller, they might be able to uh, to factor in more in that touchdown area for you. His floor might be higher, but his ceiling is probably lower. Than... Yes, for sure, for sure. And you know, it just depends on your philosophy on tight ends. And he and he will also be there for you most weeks. That's true. I mean, that's something that's underrated, especially with tight ends. I feel like, you know, having availability, it's incredibly important for tight ends because the position is just so thin every year. Right. Right. But uh, that's about it for the Eagles. So we can, unless you want to talk about anybody else. No, nothing to talk about. All right. The Washington Commanders. This is going to be, this team, I just don't know if they're like what they're going to look like as far as like, if they're going to be good or not this year, the the quarterback situation is, is just very, very, very tricky. Whether it's going to be Sam Howell, whether it's going to be Jacoby Brissett, I feel like this offense would be better with Jacoby Brissett, but if it is Sam Howell and, and he is going to run, which he does have that in his, in his arsenal, is that going to hurt potentially the options there in Washington that yet to be, that is yet to be seen. But as of right now, Sam Howell is the leader in the clubhouse to be the starter for for Washington, but I just worry that maybe the leash is a bit short. If you're a Sam Howell believer, which you know for me, I kind of think that I would rather be Jacoby Brissett. Well, yeah, because he Jacoby Brissett is a is a veteran, and he we know that he is a good quarterback, and he would be able to get the ball to Terry McLaurin and John Dotson, and that's all we care about. Yes, correct. And with Sam Howell, Sam Howell's a wild card. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely a wild card. So it's just a matter of seeing what happens in in camp. Correct, uh, and and preseason as well. Yep, because they're both they're both going to play. They're the him Jacoby Brissett and Sam Howell are both going to play in the preseason. I think the Washington preseason games 
are going to be very interesting to watch. For sure. Um, and let's take the pin out of the thing that you put a pin in a couple minutes ago and talk about Antonio Gibson. It's it's the post hype for me with, with with Antonio Gibson, and if we're looking at what has changed from last year to this year, JD McKissick is gone, and JD McKissick was the main guy that was out there catching passes for Washington out of the backfield last year. Antonio Gibson was a basically a hybrid player in college. He lined up in the slot for Memphis, and he in essence was a receiver. So he's got very soft hands and can catch the ball. He was much more involved, even as a receiver last year, 14% target share for the Washington offense. And even though Brian Robinson was more of the guy they turned to as the early downs guy, for Washington, Antonio Gibson was still very involved, and he's also going into a contract year, ladies and gentlemen, and we all know how I feel about guys that are in contract years that are playing for their first big contract Playing for his cash, folks. Antonio Gibson is a late-round sleeper. He's going 103rd overall right now. In my ranks, I have Antonio Gibson. If I can find him, I have him at 81st overall, my RB31, I believe. Yes, my RB31 in full. That's not bad. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. I'm gonna have I'm gonna I'm gonna have a few shares uh, of Gibson. Yeah, I mean, getting him as a flyer as somebody that ha- has had uh, past success, it's an interesting choice for sure. It, exactly, exactly. Someone that could be could definitely outperform where he's being drafted. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk more about Brian Robinson, or do you want to move? He's going to be he's going to be an early an early downs guy. It's gonna, it's going to be on the field for first second downs. It's going to be very boring, um, and he's not going to catch many passes. He'll probably be you know your your goal to go guy, and and that's kind of it. He, he's, he'll be he'll be much better off in non PPR than he would be in half and full. Half and full, I would rather Antonio Gibson. Non, I think I'd still rather Antonio Gibson, but it's a lot closer. Yeah. The receivers are going to be very interesting and fun for the commanders, depending on the quarterback situation. Because my guy, Curtis, and no, I'm just kidding. I, I'm not going there. Um, Curtis Samuel is still here, but I'm not drafting him. You heard it here. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I am not. Maybe in the no. guillotine, depending on, because that's just like, you know, you're picking from the bottom of the barrel. Hell no. Hell to the no. It's McLaurin and it's Jahan Dotson. McLaurin, my yep. wide receiver, 26. Jahan Dotson, my wide receiver, 33. I think, this, again, I've been on record. I've talked about Jahan Dotson so many times. No need to go into it any, anymore. Um, I think the ceiling with Jahan Dotson is he could finish as a top 24 wide receiver and be the guy that can lead this team and be the wide receiver one for the Washington Commanders this year. I, I think that that is definitely in the in the range of outcomes uh, for him. And then, it, yeah, it's it's Curtis Samuel. And it's also Diami Brown. That that's also there, but he's not someone that really interests me. It's really the two receivers in, in McLaurin and in uh in Jahan Dotson. McLaurin, you kind of know what you're gonna get at this point. It's week to week, it's not gonna be very pretty, but at the at the end of the year, he'll be over a thousand yards in the range of five, six touchdowns. Just like I said, week to week, it's not gonna be very 
super. And maybe that's a guy that I'm just going to be out on entirely. Well, it just depends on the quarterback play because, you know, he had court, he had pretty consistent quarterback play with Taylor Heineke in 2020 and he was pretty good in well, you know, even, last even, year. Even then he still had five touchdowns. That's not nearly good enough for a guy that you want to be starting uh, week in, week out. That's true. Well, and last year was a revolving door at quarterback. Carson Wentz hated his guts apparently because he just never threw his way. And he always threw through to Curtis Samuel. Um, Taylor Heineke, when he was in, he was good for Terry McLaurin, but it was a very up and down season to go with the up and down quarterback play of the commanders last year. Yeah, for sure. And he, he, again, he's just going to be someone that I think, you know, when I look at also with Jahan Dotson, it's just, it's kind of like, I'd rather take the chance on a guy like Dotson than I would over a guy like McLaurin because the upside is just greater personally. I agree. I, yeah, I <laughs> not much else to say on that. It's just, I agree. Yeah. All right. Logan Thomas at tight end last but not least. He's just another guy at, at this point. I, I wouldn't even be looking in that direction. If I was going to be looking in the tight end market, it's not Logan Thomas. I, uh, I agree with you on that for sure. Um, anybody else in the commanders you want to talk about? No, I don't think there's there's anybody else. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.